We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast wednesday thursday it's i've got my days mixed up thursday november 4th <laughs> 2021 hello everybody this is the second episode of that was recorded on a wednesday of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, I'm your host, I'm Jacob Westendorf, like I always am on Wednesday nights, and I am joined, again, not with my full crew, not sure what I've got to do to get all three of us in one setting, but <laughs> that's okay, as you can hear by the chuckles on the other side, Jimmy Christensen is here, Maggie Loney is not, hope Maggie gets to feeling better very soon, a non-COVID-related illness uh, yeah. for this evening, but Jimmy, welcome to the show, how are we feeling? Pretty good. Um I got off Twitter after a little bit just because of the the hot mess it was today, and I don't know. I uh, I'm ready to move on from everything and just focus on the Chief game on Sunday. I am with you there. It was certainly a day. Uh, I have my real job. I'm preparing for the new CEO to come tomorrow, today, if you guys are listening to this show. And as I'm getting ready for that, that's when the news breaks that Rogers has tested positive for COVID nineteen. So Aaron Rodgers will not play this weekend. Jimmy and I do not need to beat that dead horse. There was a show earlier today, uh, Dan Kotnick and Andrew Mertig recorded a show. So they talked about the ramifications, some stuff that's come out since then. Aaron Rodgers will not play Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Remains to be seen if he'll be able to play next week when they are at home against the Seattle Seahawks. But that is an issue for next week. And we'll get into all that other stuff. But yeah, if you guys want information on the COVID-related stuff, Listen to that episode. This episode, we are going to acknowledge it and move on uh, to what it means for this weekend's game. And the Packers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. And our topic is going to be uh, the defense against Kansas City's offense. However, the ramifications of the news from earlier today, of course, is now that the Packers, Jordan Love, will be making his first career start against Kansas City at Geha Stadium, which used to be known as Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, against the Chiefs defense, it's not very good. So you could see a little bit of you know optimism from a lot of fans thinking, well, one, Kansas City's defense isn't very good. Two, Jordan Love, it's, this isn't Brett Hundley. This isn't Joe Callahan. This isn't Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser. This is a legitimately talented prospect that the Packers may have been ready to hand the keys over to as their franchise quarterback. So, Jimmy, I, I lead all that in to say, what are your thoughts 
on love and confidence level going into this game that he'll be able to run the offense and be successful. First off, I'm kind of upset you did not mention Scott Tolzien. Um, someone that pulls off a spin move like that and you don't mention him as a, a former backup that played? He got benched in the same game. Doesn't matter. He had that beautiful spin move, and that's all I'm going to remember. Uh, I still remember that was funny because <laughs> when he did that, he spun in the end zone. I'm like, oh, man, you know what? Maybe he's getting better. And then by the middle of the third quarter, I'm like, this guy sucks. Yeah. And then oh, Matt no. Flynn, I'll never forget, Matt Flynn of all people, getting a standing ovation as he trots onto the field and leads this <laughs> epic comeback to a tie in a game yeah. they probably should have won, but they they tie. And, and yeah, so no, I did not mention Scott Tolzien. My apologies to the Tolzien family. We'll forgive you. Um, no, my confidence, I don't know, man. This season has just been so rocky. Like so many key players have been out all the time and we've still been able to do pretty well. And I know Rodgers is the most important. But like you said, this isn't like it's a, a backup that we just signed this year that we were just praying never touches a field. Like this is someone that we expect to take the reins on later on, whether it's after the season, two seasons from now. We have so many weapons around him. We showed last week that we can commit to the run game. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can be one of the best duos in the backfield. My confidence level is pretty high. Um, the Chiefs defense is so bad. And we just saw yesterday, or I, I can't remember the day, on Monday, the Chiefs and the Giants, they were in a close matchup. Our team with Jordan Love, I still, like, they're better than the Giants. And they were able 100%. to keep, yeah, they were able to keep close with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not the same team they were. Their defense is horrible. Their offense is struggling right now. Obviously, they have weapons that can easily score and go off, but that's every team you play unless you're playing the Lions and Jaguars. I agree. Uh, I think that you know the Packers have a very good team around Jordan Love, which is something you could kind of say. You know, back when Brett Hundley made his starts, they still had some guys that were able to make some plays: Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, etc. Before that, with Tolzien and Matt Flynn, they had Eddie Lacy in his prime, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. Uh, well, Cobb didn't really play for the second half of the year when Rodgers had a broken collarbone. But you've got some guys around him. Devontae Adams, they expect him back at practice. So that was the timeline is that he could be back today if you guys are listening on Thursday. The same goes with a Packers defense, honestly, which we'll transition to here shortly, that is getting better every single week, uh, which is going to be a big deal because Jordan Love, he could be as good as you expect. And it's still going to be a drop-off from the reigning league MVP. That's just a reality that we're going to live in. It's a reality that we talked about a bunch this offseason when there was a discussion whether or not the Packers were going to move on from Aaron Rodgers, if they were going to be forced to move on from Aaron Rodgers. But my confidence level is I have guarded optimism about Jordan Love. And it's because I did see some stuff this summer that I thought he looked better. But I also... I'm not so sure. I still didn't like him as a prospect when he came out as somebody who evaluates the draft relatively closely. He wasn't that he was the quarterback. I didn't want, like if you'd asked me the quarterback, I didn't want them to draft. It was Jordan love. So guarded optimism on that from the standpoint of, I have seen him get better. And from the fact he'll have Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb and some of his vets and stuff around him, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and, you know, maybe a big boost this week with potentially David Bakhtiari coming back and Elton yeah. Jenkins as well. The Packers, when they did their COVID protection or not their COVID protection, I'm sorry, their practice squad protections this week, they did not protect an offensive lineman, which said something to me. They had each of the last couple of weeks. Bakhtiari was potentially on his way back or so we thought he hasn't played yet. So hopefully he's able to go and they have their best offensive line unit in front of Jordan Love 
this season because Kansas City can get after you a little bit as yeah. far as the quarterback goes. But I am looking forward to see how Matt LaFleur settles Love in and how he gets him to make some plays because he is a talented playmaker. Yeah. It's just a matter of can you rein that in. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a the game, it's not as intriguing as it would have been if it was Rodgers against Mahomes, but there is a different kind of intrigue now that goes into this game with Jordan Love having to start uh, in place of Aaron Rodgers. So that's my thought on Love having to play. Do you have any thoughts further on that? Yeah, so one of the things you said too was with um, like mentioning when like Hudley and them took over and like the talent around them, but the big difference too was that offense, a lot of it relied on Rodgers to play hero ball. Like the floor has a system now that has taken a lot of pressure off Rodgers and now p- players can kind of come in. Hopefully this is really our first chance to see it, but it's a system now where it's not, hey, Rodgers – show us how you're one of the or the best quarterback to ever do it. Like this is an actual offensive system. That's going to take pressure off the quarterback. Whereas before it was just Rogers doing it. And in the preseason, you mentioned all the players he didn't have and his offensive line. There weren't like that. There's there it was horrible. This is the best line. We're going to actually see him behind. He'll have some time. So we saw some flash plays before and hopefully with a little more time, all the weapons around him, we'll be able to see that a little bit more consistently. Well, they'll have Tay. And I mean, honestly, the best skill position player he played with in the preseason was Malik Taylor. And like he's throwing passes to Malik Taylor and Jay Sternberger. Malik Taylor hasn't caught a pass since week one. Jay Sternberger isn't on the team anymore. Now, you know, a little bit of a transition this week at the tight end position with Robert Tunyon being out for the season. Shout out to the pod father, Andy Herman. I'm sure this has hurt him very deeply, as it is for all of us. It, it sucks for Bob, honestly, all jokes aside. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he's able to get back healthy on everything. But Josiah DeGuara stepping into a potentially bigger role. The same is true for Mercedes Lewis, uh, potentially stepping into a role like that. And Daphne as well. And I am curious to see how LaFleur works with all the formations and all the different things as well. It'll be a – I can promise you – this game is not going to be one for measured takes because if love lights it up, everyone will then make that. Well, is Aaron Rodgers really that good? Or is it just the offense now or everything like that? Or if love sucks, then obviously you guys know the case. That's what's going to happen throughout the sea. Yep. Why did green Bay draft and blah, 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 all that stuff. So yep. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I don't look forward to the stupidity that is likely to follow it, but I hope <laughs> Jordan love lights it up because I want the Packers to win above all else. And I think if love lights it up, Green Bay wins. So let's switch over. We talked about the defense uh, earlier, but that's our our topic typically every week is the defense against the opposing team's offense. And the Packers defense is playing some football lately. And I know that sounds very John Madden-esque in terms of my analysis, but they took an Arizona Cardinals offense that is high-flying and slowed them down for the better half of about three quarters and made the game-winning play with an interception in the end zone, which is as fun of an ending as I can remember watching in, I would say, a long time. But this year has been crazy for all of that stuff. So I see this defense starting to trend in a very good direction. Preston Smith is a 10 days healthier. Rashawn Gary is only getting better. Whitney Merciless has been a nice addition. They haven't had the splash plays yet. Wow. Splash <laughs> plays yet. But I promise you it's coming. Because he is around, he has more pressures in two games with the Packers than he had in his entire season with the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. So Merciless is getting there. Kenny Clark is going to play, obviously, and do well. The one concern that I do have, Dean Lowry missed today's practice with a hamstring injury. Kingsley Kiki's got a concussion. Jack Heflin was on the injury report as well. So a little thin with the big boys up front uh, as a team that, you know, the Chiefs don't really try to run the ball very much. But they did find some success against the Giants 
when they did try to do some stuff like that together. So looking at this offense, I got to start there, though, because Kansas City is just a turnover machine. But I love the analogy that Jake Morley made, and it's like a a Ferrari driven by a 15-year-old with a learner's permit. Because sometimes that engine's going to rev and they'll drop 35 points in 10 minutes of real time, not game time. And other times they just trip all over themselves. The engine stalls out. They turn the ball over inexplicably. So what's your take on this Chiefs offense? Because if we had come into the season and I had asked you who's going to be the best offense in the NFL, Kansas City would have been one of your first answers. Yeah. And they're not right now. So what is your take on this offense as we've gotten through, what, eight games here? Honestly, it's just it's so confusing. Um, we know they have struggled with the offensive line. Even last year we saw that in the Super Bowl, and that was an area they were going to try to address, but it doesn't really seem like that's been entirely fixed. But Mahomes mentioned, too, he's seen defenses he hasn't seen before. But at this point, I like I really thought those would be growing pains in the beginning of the season, like weeks maybe one through four. But now we're already halfway through the season, and it's still not fixed yet. So I don't know if it's just – the defenses are really that complicated, but with Andy Reid, kind of an offensive guru, the best quarterback in the NFL right now, like you would think this would work out. I don't know if it's just they're so reliant on Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and they don't have really much of supporting cast behind that, but they they haven't really before in the past either. So it's really, I don't know, like if I knew I'd be an NFL coach right now, I think. Like I don't really think anyone knows what's going on with that offense because if you look at it, it should be one that is putting up a lot of points. But – I don't know if Mahomes is just getting I don't I'm not too confident or something but it's just I don't I really don't know what it is. This team should be better than it actually is. Maybe they're too one-dimensional, only relying on the pass, but you look at the Bills and they've been making it work as well with the less talented quarterback. Yeah, it's been an interesting watch, you know, cuz Mahomes has been the best quarterback in football for 3 seasons running. <clears throat> the Chiefs have been a juggernaut. They've played in two straight Super Bowls, three straight AFC title games and right now look like a team that's going to have to scrape just to get into the playoffs. Now, I like what Matt LaFleur said on Monday where he said, I don't buy their record because I'm with him. And maybe that's because I'm a Mahomes apologist, which honestly, everybody should be. That guy's a freaking monster. It's just, yeah, he's having a tough go this year. And I will say the flaw in his game has been that he does put the ball in harm's way. And Mm -hmm. he's had some turnover luck, certainly over the last couple of years. And maybe this is some, regression to the mean where you're starting to find those plays now are starting to be intercepted, but it feels like it's flipped completely on its head. Now, the good news, if you're a Packers fan is that Kansas city struggles with turning the ball over. The Packers are one of the best teams in the NFL at taking the ball away. They have at least two takeaways in six of the eight games this season. They have at least one takeaway in all game, but one and the game that they don't have a takeaway in was the opening game of the season where a Darnell Savage interception was nullified by a horrendous roughing the passer penalty. So that's where I think Green Bay could find some advantages uh, in getting this Kansas City team off the field. Now, the other thing I did want to talk about is putting Mahomes under pressure because he is able to move and extend plays and do some stuff very similar to the way that we've seen Aaron Rodgers do it for so many years. But the Packers were able to pressure Kyler Murray. They were able to, the previous week, Taylor Heineke had some pressure in his face. That's part of the reason he had the rushing yardage that he did. You've got the prior week to that, Justin Fields was under fire a lot of day. Current Hall of Famer, Justin Fields, under fire a lot throughout the course of the day. This Packers front gets after you. Jimmy, what do you think? This is a front that's getting after you without Zadarius Smith on it. 
What do you think has been the biggest contribution to their success at being able to put pressure on the opposing quarterback? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think when you think about that, you you go to two players right away. Uh, Kenny Clark's been getting a lot of push in the middle. Um, we saw last year he struggled with that groin injury, but it seems like he's playing the best football he has of his career. Uh, you've seen those those clips on on Twitter and stuff with his get off on the ball. Like he is pushing those linemen back right away, not really giving um, the quarterback places to escape. And Rashawn Gary has just stepped up immensely. Like he's people were worried about him in college, saying he didn't get enough sacks as someone going at number 12, but he's, he might not be getting the sacks right now, but he's getting pressure and he's getting to the quarterback consistently. And Preston Smith is playing at the level that we saw a couple of years ago. Like he, he came in trimmer. It seems like he's extra focused right now. He stepped up big with the Darius being gone, but it's just mainly your, your best players are stepping up and somehow Dean Lowry has just, I don't know what happened with him. If he's eating a lot of Wheaties now in the morning, I don't know what it is. Just don't drug test him, please. NFL. Like, I don't know what's going on, but Dean Lowry is playing, also playing his best. Like, you just have random play. Like, your best players are stepping up, and then you have a role player like Dean Lowry really coming into his own. So whenever that's happening, like, it's just a recipe for success. Like, you rely on your best players, and when you have someone else kind of fill in, like, you're golden. That they are. And the Packers – Dean Lowry, like you mentioned, is putting – like, I'm not saying he's a pro bowler, but pro bowl caliber stuff. On film, he's been a wrecking ball the last three weeks. It's really for a month. 
Packers defensive lineman other than Kenny Clark. And that's where I was going to go. And you mentioned Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary has a pass rush win rate of over 22%. So for reference sake, that's twice as good as what Brian Burns' pass rush win rate is right now. A guy that those careers are connected in the minds of a lot of Packers fans. Gary is winning double the amount of pass rush reps that Brian Burns is. And it's a guy who's playing as he's not the primary guy. I'm sure that, you know, opposing offenses are giving some different respect to, you know, guys like Preston Smith and obviously having Kenny Clark in the middle helps. And Kenny Clark, that's another point. He's having a dominant season. And he did not have a dominant season last year. He had a good season, but he was hampered by a groin injury for most of most of the year, really until we got into December. And Kenny Clark was has been phenomenal throughout the course of this year. Preston Smith has been better. I mentioned Whitney Merciless. Spider Garvin has made a couple plays here or there. And that leads me into my next point with this team. And you look at, you know, we kept talking about how the Packers are seven and one. And they've done so much and they're able. Obviously, they're going to get Aaron Rodgers back. That's going to be the most impactful addition that they get, barring anything crazy that happens between now and, and when he's eligible to return to the team. That being said, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, maybe. Zadarius was at practice this week. That doesn't seem like a small thing. You've got a bunch of guys that are potentially MVS, our guy, potentially on his way back. Which of those additions do you think is the one that will be the most impactful to this team as we get down the stretch of the season? Uh, I think the most impactful will be, and hopefully it comes back. I know – Maybe you can kind of shed some light on it for me as well. But Jay Alexander, if he is able to come back this season, I think he's the biggest addition to that defense. Uh, we saw Douglas step up. King is his normal injury stuff that he has. He's he's never a player that you kind of expect to play 16 games. But you have a young rookie in, in Eric Stokes. Douglas is playing well, but Jair shuts down half of the field. He's a lockdown corner top three in the NFL, getting him back and just adding to a secondary that already has two good safeties. And you can kind of, like I said, shut down that half and allow your pass rush, which is being the strength of your team right now, even a little bit more time to get to that quarterback. I think that will make the world a difference for the team. Yeah. And that would be an interesting situation just because Eric Stokes has played relatively well as a rookie. Rasul Douglas was the hero of Thursday night's game. And that's not a one play wonder. It's not like he Mm -hmm. gave up 10 plays and made the one in the end zone. He's been phenomenal since he's come to green Bay. Shannon Sullivan is having a better season. The Packers as a whole, the secondary look like a problem and they're going to get Kevin King back. It looks like this weekend. He was a full participant in practice. Say what you will about Kevin King. That's a nice piece of depth to have around green Bay, at least for the time being. I still say all that to say the answer is Zedarius Smith. And I say that Mm -hmm. because the, the path to beating where this team wants to go. This team wants to play on Super Bowl Sunday. In order yeah. to do that, they're going to have to beat guys like Tom Brady and Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford and play and Dak Prescott. How do you do that? You hit them and you put them on the ground. And mm-hmm. this pass rush is something that's been really good this year. It really has. And Rashawn Gary has been a big part of that. We just talked about it. But Zedarius Smith is an all pro player, or at least he was yeah. for the last, you know, his first season here. And he was a, very good player last year. Adding a guy like that, if he can be anything close to that type of player with a better Preston Smith, with Whitney Merciless, with a dominant Kenny Clark, and an ascending Rashawn Gary, they're going to put quarterbacks on their back a lot. Yeah, And they're going to be able to put pressure on quarterbacks that a lot of teams just aren't able to because they don't have those caliber of players. And the Packers, 
the last two NFC Championship games, I will say, Zadarius and Preston Smith, namely, and last year even Gary, you could throw in as well. The Packers didn't do enough in terms of getting pressure or getting impact plays out of those edge guys. Now, the first one, you could say, well, they just ran the ball a bunch. Sure, understand it. That said, edge guys can make plays in the run game too, and those guys didn't. And in 2020 against Tampa Bay, they didn't get enough pressure on Tom Brady, so he was able to stand there. Give Tom Brady time, he's going to do what he always does. you got to put him on his back, and you got to do it very fast because the ball comes out so damn fast of his hands. So I understand the thought of Alexander. Alexander is a great player, but I just think the answer to that question is Zadarius Smith for some of the guys that they're going to play. But I'd like to have both. That would be obviously the way that you want to go on that. So that's our thoughts on on the Packers defense as we get into the stretch run here. Let's get to the prediction portion of this show because we're just about – out of time here. It's Packers and Chiefs. It's 325 kickoff at Giha Arrowhead Stadium uh, in Kansas City. It's an interesting one. Kansas City, like you mentioned, is coming off a win. The Packers riding a seven-game winning streak, but obviously the cloud of Aaron Rodgers is not playing on Sunday. Hangs over this team's head. So last night when I did the Pick 6 podcast, I picked Green Bay 30-27. to 27. But I'm going to let Jimmy go first. I said that when I thought Aaron Rodgers was playing quarterback. So what do you think now that Jordan Love is going to be in the lineup? Yeah, I am thinking back to last week. We saw a lot of backups come in, and they all won. We had um, Mr. Mike White from uh, from the Jets. And then the Saints won with their backup after Winston went down. So I think we're going to continue the backup success. And I'm going to go Packers win 20 20- seven to 21. I think, see, here's the thing is I think this is different than when green Bay has played backup quarterbacks Yeah, played with them. I should say, you know, when green Bay had to play with Deshaun Kaiser and, and Brett Hundley and, and some of those, their defense was terrible. Yeah. This defense isn't terrible and they're playing a defense that is terrible and they can lean on AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. We just saw that on Thursday night against the Cardinals. They're probably going to get Devontae Adams back. I have a suspicion. The tea leaves are suggesting they're going to get David Bakhtiari back. The thing with Jordan Love that scares me is a lot of games when you think it's a flip of a coin like this is which quarterback's more likely to make a big turnover. And when Aaron Rodgers is in the lineup, the answer is almost always the guy on the other side. Yeah. But with Jordan Love in the lineup, yeah. now – that's a wild card because Jordan Love's never played in an NFL game. This is his first career start, and I think there will be some jitters. The Packers are going to have to weather, I think, an early storm because Jordan Love is going to have some nerves. It's natural. I just think it's common. And the Packers are going to try and do things to protect him, not just against the pass rush, but just kind of keep him comfortable, do the things he's best at, all that stuff. And I have confidence in Matt LaFleur to be able to do that. But I just have this feeling Green Bay is going to win. And when I saw the spread went to Kansas City minus nine, or I think it's eight and a half now, it was one, anywhere between one and two and a half. Now it's eight or nine. I just think Green Bay is good enough to do some, and Kansas City's bad enough on defense, and the Packers' defense is better at getting you to turn the ball over than Kansas City does. So oddly enough, I'm picking Green Bay because I think the supporting cast and specifically the defense can win a game like this, even though it's against Patrick Mahomes. So I like Green Bay as well, and I think they win. I think it's 27-24. They get something, so I give Kansas City a couple more points. But I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game, I know, if nothing else. And like I said, there's uh, there's going to be no room for 
lukewarm takes come Monday morning. That is for sure. We're out of time. Check out the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf, and you can follow Jimmy at Jimmy underscore C08. Check out their show on Wednesday nights on Game On Wisconsin Lombardi's Bar. They were fortunate enough to interview with Josiah DeGuara, and he had some really insightful and some cool stuff. Most, I'm still a little upset that he didn't take a dig at the Ohio State Buckeyes. You guys <laughs> we tried. Yeah. You guys tried. It just he didn't do it, and that's okay. Josiah <laughs> is a diplomat, if nothing else. But good for DeGuara. Good for Lombardi's Bar, and you can obviously catch Jimmy on a bunch of other stuff as well. Find him over at that Twitter account. We will be back next week, hopefully with our entire crew, to um, talk about the Packers playing the Seahawks. And I do want to tell you guys, on Saturday, November 13th, I will be at the Green Bay Visitor Center, which is on 789 Armed Forces Drive, right next to Ray Nitschke Field with Todd Varney. Maybe Jimmy will come up. I'm not quite sure if we've decided. He's nodding. So we're hoping to get Jimmy up for that as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're giving away a $200 Packers Pro Shop gift card. So if you guys want to stop by, get in the drawing. They have the entire thing you know, figured out for us, so it should be a lot of fun. We'll be talking live there. Come by, hang out with us, talk some Packers. Maybe it's Jordan Love against Russ Wilson. Maybe it's Aaron Rodgers against Russell Wilson. Maybe it's Jordan Love and uh, Geno Smith by then. We don't know. That's kind of the whole beautiful mystery, to use uh, somebody's words <laughs> on those kinds of things. So come by, say hello to us. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with our full crew. See you then. know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.